0: In this week's episode of From the Newsroom, editor Sarah Leach discusses the latest developments surrounding the Hope College Music Department's internal investigation. Thank you all for joining us. This is another episode of From the Newsroom. I am Digital Director Brian Bernalis here at the Holland Sentinel. Every week we sit down with uh, some of our reporters, editors in the newsroom to get their thoughts about the weekly news. Today we're sitting down with executive editor. I didn't realize it was executive editor until I saw your byline. (laughs) (laughs) Executive editor, Sarah Leach. Hello. Hi, Sarah. You've been ensconced (laughs) in (laughs) in this story concerning Hope College. Uh, I don't know if you can give a cliff note Version. How long do we have? That's that. (laughs) What? People started reaching out to you before we get into the latest news. Yeah, I thought we'd just give a refresher for folks who Mm -hmm. aren't familiar. Um, folks started reaching out to you.
1: I would say late summer of last year. Yeah, yeah,
0: and then um, even
1: though it had been going on already for several months.
0: So basically, Hope College dismissed a few popular faculty members in the music department.
1: That's sort of the... the so it, um, some people would actually argue with that that um, that framing of it. Um,
0: okay.
1: And that's kind of why it is controversial. Um, so in early 2018, an investigation was launched into some faculty members of Hope's music department. And... It originally started as a Title IX investigation against um, some of them, and I uh, we are aware of who they are. But because there it, there was no evidence to support actual um, furtherance of that investi- of that particular investigation, uh, we were not naming the people. Um, but once the Title IX office concluded that there was no evidence to move forward in that um, effort. They then um, shared some information with the provost's office, and the provost, who was relatively new to the college, Katie Short-Thompson, she ultimately decided to open up a cultural investigation into the music department. And so that all happens in the spring of last year. By June, two popular full-time uh, faculty members are suspended, um, so that would be Brad Richmond and Rob Hodson. And... Then a kind of a series of events happens where uh, adjunct or part-time faculty uh, resign, um, some saying that it is under protest for, for because of what is happening. Um, there are multiple part-timers that are their contracts are not renewed, and apparently that came as a surprise to them. So some people have classified that as a firing, even though I think that technically it's not if you decide to not renew a contract. It's just... Right. I mean, it is what it is, but yeah. I think if you've been there a long time and if you had no indication that you weren't going to be asked back, you might perceive it that way, and some people have. And then there was a lot of back and forth behind the scenes with the administration and these uh, suspended faculty members. Um, some people were transferred outside of the music department with, without really their um, endorsement. And in, by the fall, the students learn of what's going on. And they're very frustrated because they're, they don't know who's teaching their classes. There's no real um, communication, according to them, from the administration as to when this is going to be over with. They want to know who's going to be teaching their classes in the spring semester. They get to, frustrated to the point that they protest. And that's kind of where we started reporting on the story. Right. Even though some members of the community had reached out to me before that, it was sort of a, an impossible subject to report. By December, uh, the university finalizes um, what it it perceives to be the um, alleged misdeeds of the two suspended faculty members. And one um, resigns because he got an indication that he was going to be terminated. Uh, So that would have been Rob Hudson. And then Brad Richmond opted to retire, even though he was um, invited to come back. Um, He said that he didn't want to accept some of the findings that the college had um, that he admits to no wrongdoing. And then his wife, um, Jennifer Wolf, also uh, resigned under protest as well. So all of that happens. A big presentation gets brought to the faculty in early January. Um, There were some controversial comments made by the Board of Trustees President Carl Droppers at that meeting. Um, that took some faculty off guard that did not have anything to do with this situation. And that dropper said some things to the effect of that the faculty had been acting with a sense of entitlement and engaging in a mob mentality. Um, I've had multiple people come up to me since then saying that that's a fair characterization regardless of where they sit on right. whether or not they think that this was a fair process. And um, ultimately, a presentation is given saying this is what we found. We believe that they did commit um, some wrongdoings and that, and, and that, you know, this is a good thing that they left. And, you know, so the real issue here is that the, the faculty that were under investigation or the ones that didn't have their contracts renewed or the ones who left are mostly saying that they were treated unfairly that they were targeted um, unnecessarily and basically that the administration was trying to find a way to manage them out.
0: Okay. Which brings us to today's story that you have um, in Wednesday's paper. Today is Wednesday, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, The latest news that's emerged, we knew that the school had hired a law firm, to do an internal investigation, correct?
1: Well, we knew that they had hired somebody to do okay. a review, but they refused to say okay. what
0: or who. Okay. <laughs> Which leads into your story today.
1: Right. Um, I think that because of all of the, uh, there, there was a, an unexpected public overflow in, into the public sphere. Obviously, Hope College is a private institution. Um in many ways, this is just a, a private personnel matter. But because it spilled over into the public eye with the protests and the letters from the community, um, the, the columns, you know, sent to the newspaper back and forth, that sort of made it part of um, the public's right to know. And that's when we started realizing that we needed to write about it in order to tell, you know, explain to people what was going on. Right. I think that because of that pressure from all sides, the Board of Trustees ultimately decided in its January meeting to contract with some sort of third party to uh, to to review how this investigation was conducted. It was nine months long. There's a lot of vagaries surrounding what methods were used. Um, a lot of people are saying that, well, we were told that we, they were looking for handbook violations, but there are, are some things that... That were brought ultimately brought forward where I was accused of wrongdoing that have nothing to do with the handbook. Um, there's There's language that is used that's never found in the handbook. So those kinds of accusations are kind of being lobbed at the administration, although the administration really isn't commenting at all. And then they didn't want to publicly disclose who they had hired, even though one of the criticisms of the college is that they're not um, effectively communicating what's going on, and they're not being very transparent about the process, even after it's right. all said and done. Okay. Um, so then they sent out a campus-wide email to all faculty and staff this week announcing that it was a law firm that's based out of Kansas City, Hush Blackwell. And it's got an office in Chicago, and apparently they're going to be on campus this week conducting interviews with some people who are a part of this investigation, although certainly not all.
0: Okay. What do we know about this law firm? Um, they've got offices across the country with mm-hmm. hundreds of attorneys.
1: Yes, and uh, they've had, they've touched a lot of high profile cases. Yeah,
0: right. Uh, I don't know if you want to get into that.
1: Well, they did their most recent notable case that they handled is that they reviewed the Title IX policies at Michigan State University after the Larry Nassar um, disgraced former gymnastics USA gymnastics physician. Um, after that occurred so because there was a lot of finger pointing about how like, Title 9 is the is the federal law that allows uh, a recourse for people to make claims um, for discrimination based on gender and usually it's it, it's what is often cited with sexual assaults that occur on campus. So this, firm has a whole wing that is devoted to higher education issues. Apparently they have more than 25 dedicated attorneys that do this kind of work, although they wouldn't let us know which attorneys are working on Hope's case. But apparently two attorneys are going to be on site um, in Holland this week and doing some sort of a review, although it's very unclear as to what exactly they're going to be reviewing and what they've been tasked with doing from the administration.
0: Do we know how long the investigation will last?
1: We have been given a target date of completion uh, for the May meeting of the Board of Trustees. Okay. Which will happen shortly after the semester is over.
0: This entire time that uh, this story has been developing, you've also been in communication quite a lot with people on either side mm-hmm. of this issue, topic, Yeah, debate. Yeah, a lot of been, strong feelings about this. Yes. Um, what's been your personal experience handling, uh, you know, you're in the middle. Yeah. Um, balancing that it's a delicate tightrope. You got to walk. So don't I know it. <laughs> how, how do you manage to stay uh, on that wire?
1: Yeah. The Sentinel kind of became part of the story. Um, you know, just by reporting it, and I, I think it's unusual that, Some of the things that has kind of matriculated into the reporting process is is stuff that has been sent to us for the opinion page. Um, That happens occasionally when you have like a really weird issue. I would definitely classify this as bizarre. Um, So it's almost like this is getting argued out um, on the opinion page and the responses um, on social media And on our website, as people react to other people sounding off, and it's been kind of going back and forth. And some of these people have been reaching out to me either by phone or having meetings with me, you know, requesting to to meet me, to talk to me, to explain what their perspective is. And it's been been very... um, It's been very strange. Um, Everyone has extremely strong feelings about this, and they are absolutely convinced about what their perspective is.
0: Do you get a sense that um, a lot of people are concerned about what they say and how they say it?
1: Yes. I think there, just as a personal observation, I think a lot of this has to do with perception and how people react to perception. The administration is one great example. They're not, they're not commenting on the story because I think that they don't wanna make it any worse for themselves. I can't put words into their mouth, but that's really the only reason why um, an institution would repeatedly not comment. Um, but I also think um, some of the people who feel that the faculty that were under investigation were a problem and should have been dismissed, and were doing wrong. Um, They've sort of framed it in a way that this kind of um, speaking out and progressive politics might be a part of what kind of put them on the radar. And... um, that even though there is a place for those kinds of thoughts and feelings that that this group of, of faculty didn't handle it in the most productive way, given the culture of the, of the campus. And so you can even hear me, as I'm trying to answer your question, pick my words um, judiciously because that's how they were conveying it to me. So it was really – and then you talked to some of the faculty that were affected – and they, they kind of flip the script a little bit and say, well, you know, this is, there's always this established conservative culture here. It's, um, there is no allowance to speak up about things that we, we want to talk about that might grind the gears of some people. Um, and so we think that this is part of the reason why we were basic, essentially moved out.
0: Okay. So what's the next stage? Uh, This report's due in early May,
1: Mm -hmm. and we don't we don't know if they're going to release the results either, which is part of the The, confusion that's going on.
0: Set you up for that, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. That's I we don't know um, because the college won't comment, and I I will say that I'm I'm getting frustration from both sides of this issue. Regardless of whether or not you think that these people were treated unfairly or if the process worked the way it was spo- intended to, um, all sides are saying that the college should come in. Um, because the, the side that says, well, you know, the, this this was every, everything happened for a reason, and we're all, you know, this, this hap- we, we got to move on. Um, sorry about your luck, but you know, you shouldn't have done some of the things that you did. Um, even those people are saying, the college absolutely acted in the right, and there's no reason why they shouldn't just clarify that to the press. And you got, you know, you got to admit, it's, it's a decent point. <laughs> you know, why not just tell us? Because we now have a due diligence to the readership to follow this through to see what the conclusion is. And so there's there's obligations that we have there where we can't just say there's a review and then just never write about it again, right. never say what happened. Um, So I know that there's going to be at least one story at the conclusion of that, but if other actions are taken, if other investigations happen, if a lawsuit is filed, not that I have any knowledge that anything like that would happen, but those are examples of this would create a need for us to continue covering the story.
0: And aside from um, professors, staff, faculty, on either side of this issue that we've heard from, have any students, uh, besides the protests mm-hmm. that we covered, have any pro- uh, any students submitted anything to you or, or spoken to you about this?
1: Not directly since um, I want to say it was in December. So the protest happened in early November. It was before Thanksgiving, right. and um, they then they didn't get whatever whatever response they were looking for. They didn't get it. Um, so then they sent an open letter to the Sentinel that got published in December. And then the college finally made the announcement of some of the conclusions of the investigation in January. But by then, some people had transferred, some people had changed majors, some people had basically given up. We have sort of checked in with them, but it's really difficult to gauge what what the reaction is of the students unless we reach out because I feel like they've, they... Even even if they're real mad still And I'm not saying that they are Because I'm not entirely sure um, I, I feel like their their position Their life skill set They don't necessarily have the tools To be able to be heard in this way um, Because they've done all of the things That they've seen other people do yeah. When controversy strikes on a campus Like a, like yeah. a protest yeah. and shirts and hashtags yeah. um, They've done all that And then you know, and it's kind of over. And the aftermath, it's not necessarily um, embroiling the students anymore. It's it's all kind of behind the scenes and with lawyers and stuff now. So I don't really know how involved the students are. It's really hard to gauge (laughs) that.
0: I don't know if you want to answer this question, but personally, how has this affected you? Does it give you a new perspective on university and universities in general and? the atmosphere of because hope college is only four blocks away from us, five yeah. blocks away from us. Yeah. So it's a heart of, you know, it's a part of downtown.
1: Um, I kind of, it, it, yeah, that is a tough one to answer. I'm, you know, Ho- hope obviously is a, is a conservative Christian, you know, faith based institution. And right. so we always have to kind of keep that in perspective a little bit. Um, but having said that, just in the job that I have, you know, running running a newspaper operation, I really wish that that institutions would would stop being so focused on good publicity versus quote unquote negative publicity, because sometimes um, sometimes controversial things just happen, regard and, and it's nobody's fault. Right. right. Um, but ignoring that they happen and not acknowledging it when they do happen often makes things worse um, for the institution, right or wrong. And I just really wish that they would kind of get out in front of this a little bit more. I think that um, that would sort of explain, you know, explain what you can and say what you're doing to move forward. And I think that 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 would make things a lot, a lot better. Um, But, you know, we're going to continue to try to find out what happened in the absence of information. Um, personally, it's very stressful because every person that I've met, I've liked and, and I, and I can't take a side. And so I have to explain to every person that I meet that just because I'm writing about it or just because I'm putting your quotes in a story doesn't necessarily mean I'm endorsing what you're saying. Right. Yeah. And when you're looking at the whites of somebody's eyes, you know, they, they feel a connection to you. They feel like you understand them, and sometimes that can be misconstrued a little bit. I ultimately am trying to do a job, and I have to keep my personal feelings out of it. Um, I, I feel bad for everybody because everybody desperately wants to be successful in their own right. I feel like they ultimately all have a lot of respect for the institution, and even the ones who are upset are upset because they expected more from Hope College. You know, the bar was very high. So that tells yeah. me that they respect the institution, but that they're, but that they're angry about um, specific actions of some individuals that they feel tarnishes that, that stellar reputation. That's really difficult to watch people, you know, talk about. And, you know, careers were devastated here, um, regardless of who you think um, is ultimately responsible for that. That's really tough to talk to people, you know, who are, they're in fear of retaliation. Um, It's just, it's, they're, they're very anxious. They, they are, I won't even say borderline paranoia. There's a lot of paranoia going on on all sides about, you know, I don't, I don't know if I want to talk to you. I don't know if I want to say this specific thing. Somebody's going to come after me. That's been said to me several times by people that are on both sides of this issue. So that's, it's just, you know, you have, there's a weight on me where I'm like, okay, I really got to make sure that I'm, that I'm extra careful about how I'm treating this information, how I'm using it, you know, justifying stories, talking things through with some of the staff here. You've been a part of that sometimes about what's appropriate, what's not appropriate. Just really doing a gut gut check before we publish anything.
0: And on that, I'd like to thank everyone for joining (laughs) us. Unless there's something else you'd like to add? No, that's it. Okay. Thank you, Sarah, for being here. Uh, We thought we'd do like a follow-up to our previous podcast that was downloaded quite a bit and give folks an opportunity to hear what the latest was uh, with this developing story. So thank you all for joining us. For Sarah Leach, I'm Brian Bernalas. We'll see you next time. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of